Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. On the podcast today, we'll talk to the National Policy Director of Green Latinos, Jessica Loya. Green Latinos has been on the front lines of the ongoing battle for the environment, holding politicians and corporations accountable and making sure to include the Latinx community in the conversation. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention Latinx community. The nation's oldest and largest Latino civil rights organization, LULAC, is taking it to the streets with freedom walks across the nation. The aim is to promote civic engagement, elevate issues affecting the Latino community, and increase voter registration. Freedom Walks are a three-week campaign to build a stronger, broader coalition ahead of the 2020 elections. 15 cities will participate throughout October and November. Partnering with LULAC are the Women's March, the Anti-Defamation League, Poder Latinx, Ignite, and the World Institute on Disability. The first walk takes place October 15th in my hometown of Brownsville, Texas, and ends on November 3rd in my current city of Washington, D.C. Walks will also take place in Corpus Christi, Texas, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, Louisiana, Jackson, Mississippi, Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, Orlando, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Charlottesville, Virginia. For dates and times for each city, visit freedomwalks.org. That's freedomwalks.org. The Latinx community has always been in the conservation game. We only have to look to our older generations to see how environmentally conscious we've been regarding resources available to us. Abuelas have been saving the planet for decades. From washing plastic party cups and putting them out to dry alongside their dishes, to adding water to detergent to make it last longer, to using old t-shirts as mops, and everyone's favorite, using old butter containers so they can build on their own personal line of Tupperware. What may have been regular habits by abuelas based on economic realities in Latinx households have ended up saving our planet from more consumption. To honor our abuelas, the next generation needs to kick it into high gear regarding global warming, so we may one day be the abuelas and abuelos that are remembered fondly. Here are the realities. According to a 2011 CDC Health Disparities and Inequalities Report, Latinos are 165% more likely to live in counties with unhealthy levels of pollution and 51% more likely to live in counties with unhealthy levels of ozone than non-Hispanic whites. 80% of farm workers in the U.S. are Latino and 16.8% of all Latinos are natural resource laborers, which includes the agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting industries compared to only 10.3% of whites. Higher temperatures, heat waves, drought, and wildfires are leading to a disproportionate impact on Latino laborers. 
As Latinos become one-fourth of this nation's population in the coming decades, we need to ensure that future citizens inherit a nation and earth that will be equitable and safe, no matter what zip code you reside in. To help us achieve that goal, we have Green Latinos, a national nonprofit organization that brought together a broad coalition of Latino leaders committed to addressing environmental issues that affect the health and welfare of the Latinx community. Let's hear how they are making an impact on society. I am very honored today to have the National Policy Director of Green Latinos, Jessica Loya, join us on the podcast. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jesse. I'm so excited to be here with you all um, and and to be able to talk with you and uh, talk a little bit about environmental issues yes. and the Latinx community. I'm very excited. Uh, one of the things, before we get started, I want to know a little bit about you. Where are you from? Uh, I was born and raised to a single mother uh, in East L.A. Uh, and so... Youngest of four, uh, grew up just outside of Dodger Stadium. Go Dodgers. Um, <laughs> right actually by the L.A. River. Uh, so excited to be here. I've now moved to D.C. about five years ago um, to actually uh, intern and then uh, do some work with the Obama administration at the Council on Environmental Quality. Great. So you were in a, a political appointee? Um, I was an intern. Intern. Okay. <laughs> a very active intern okay, uh, awesome. for, for a little Closer to uh, eight months. Well, congratulations on that. Mm -hmm. So what prompted you to get involved with Green Latinos? Uh, so I heard about Green Latinos, which is a national network of Latino environmental and conservation advocates. Um, back when I moved to D.C. Uh, and I was looking for people like me. Uh, I was the only Latina intern at the Council on Environmental Quality. Um, there was very few Latinos, uh, Latino appointees working in that field. Um, and, you know, I wasn't seeing our community represented in our policy issues. Um, I wasn't seeing them represented in the folks that were coming to meet with us um, about the initiatives of the Obama administration. And so uh, I ran into uh, a flyer about Green Latinos Live, uh, yes. a Hispanic Heritage Month celebration, and um, went and fell in love with the community. And found your people. Found my people. <laughs> so why did Green Latinos be become a thing? And how did the organization start? Because there's a lot of Hispanic advocacy, advocacy groups that talk of, touch every almost every issue. Why did Green Latinos decide to become Green Latinos? So Green Latinos um, actually started as the National Latino Coalition on Climate Change. Okay. Um, and it was started back in 2008 um, by Mark Magana, uh, Chris Espinoza, and Andrea Delgado. Uh, three uh, Latino, active Latino advocates here in D.C. who were actually working at the time uh, for historic Latino organizations like LACLA and LULAC and Earth Justice, an environmental organization. Um, and they also were looking for the Latinos and the Latino perspective on environmental issues and um, were looking for their community, didn't see it, and so they built the space for it. Uh, and so over the last 
uh, eight years now, more than eight years now, uh, Green Latinos has become a network that grew from a happy hour in DC to now um, a full-blown nonprofit organization representing hundreds of Latino advocates and families across the country with multiple events and advocacy agendas. That's so great that all this brain power at different organizations came together and formed this organization. And the issue is becoming a big one in Latino, in Latino politics. I had originally looked at, you know, some of the surveys that are out there. And of course, the healthcare, gun control and immigration are always some of our top concerns in the Latino household. But there are other surveys that are saying global climate change, global warming going up there. Yes, it is. And I think that one of the things that these polls don't recognize is the cultural aspect um, that Latinos have to environmental issues, um, the historic aspect that our communities have always been environmentalists, even if they didn't call themselves that. Um, you know, uh, we Cesar were just, Chavez. I Cesar mean, Chavez. Trying to get pesticides out of our, our meals. Exactly. Um, you know, our communities are rooted in the land, whether it's from our culture and history, um, you know, from our from our families immigrating to these countries, from their ranchos, from their uh, communities in Central and South America and Mexico, um, or here in the United States where they might take on jobs um, in the agricultural sector, or also seeing where they live, um, where they might be connected. And I think that um, historically we have uh, had a lot of activism and a lot of knowledge that our environment impacts our lives, whether it's pollution uh, or the food that we eat. And the green jobs that are being created, a lot of those cars that are being manufactured that are earth friendly, are Latinos are on those uh, conveyor belts, putting those things together. Yes. So everything from working the land to working green jobs Correct. to installing solar panels, mm-hmm. it affects the Latino community. Now, does the Latino communi- community recycle more than other communities? Are we more environmental friendly? Do we have any numbers on that? Can we claim like, yeah, we're on this? <laughs> um, I, I don't know that we have numbers on it specifically, but I know that we all have stories. We right? all have stories. We just <laughs> talked about them. We just talked about them. I mean, <laughs> you could open your abuela's fridge and see, you know, a tub of... Mantequilla and think you're gonna, you know, spread it on a tortilla, but it ends up being beans Beans. or chilies. Exactly, because she has her own Tupperware line of country cock. Yes, (laughs) or being told also, you know, nothing is one single use, right? Being told that you might bring home a plastic bag from the grocery store, but that plastic bag then becomes your lunch bag. You might use it for your laundry. You might use it, you know, eventually after three or four uses. Paper cups. Mm-hmm. I mean, foam plates. My grandmother would wash foam plates and put them up and dry them so we could reuse them. I'm like, Mom, Grandma doesn't work like that. But no, mm-hmm. they were like preventing consumption of more stuff. I mean, yes. they've been saving the earth for decades. They have. Yeah. So I'm excited to know uh, that you guys came out strong for the Green New Deal back in February. 
What are some of the innovative uh, innovative ways this legislation will change Latino lives? Um, yeah, so the Green New Deal has definitely been um, big in conversations around the environment and around communities. Um, and it's amazing to see um, the Latino community have such a powerful advocate like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Um, and to see youth, including Latino youth, really standing up um, and, and calling for that change. So the Green New Deal specifically is um, really a platform. It's really a call to action, a roadmap um, of what needs to happen before uh, 2030, 2050 for our communities, our economy to change, our lifestyles to change, to be more economically friendly in the face of the climate crisis. Um, and so what we're actually seeing is that different committees, uh, different members are taking um, their perspective on the Green New Deal um, and finding their jurisdiction amongst their committees. So you're seeing play, you know, individuals like uh, Mike Levin, uh, Representative Mike Levin of California, who chairs the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Environmental Task Force, really looking at how do our public lands play a part in the climate crisis um, and solutions to that climate crisis? Um, and so what does it mean for Latino communities specifically? Well, you know, the Green New Deal is calling for a move towards clean energy, a clean energy transition, a clean energy community. And for Latinos, that means opportunities for new jobs in the green sector. Um, we also have to understand that the Green New Deal is focused on justice and on equity, and that's gonna be tremendous for the Latino community, given that we know that Latinos are disproportionately affected by climate change. You know, whether it's the pollution in the air, Latino children are twice as likely to have asthma than their white counterparts. Yeah, the studies out there say that the majority of the counties that Latinos live in are affected by pollution in the air. Mm -hmm. And we're not the ones causing the no. pollution, but we're the ones living yes. in the pollution. So Because those factories are found in our homes. Exactly. And so when the Green New Deal is asking for us to move away from fossil fuels, from um, coal burn power plants, it means reducing the pollution in the air, cleaning up the air that our communities breathe, and introducing new jobs um, that would be available for our Latinx communities across the country. Yeah, we have a lot of carpentry uh, <laughs> folks that are in that in that trade that will be building homes that are more eco-friendly. Correct. So there's a lot of new skills, a lot of new challenges, but we're up to it. We've been driving the force of building homes across the United States. We're going to build them more efficiently. Mm -hmm. So this 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 is this is a boom for the community. It is a boom for the community, and the community needs to um, be involved in the discussions around how they will engage in the solutions around what climate resiliency looks like for them, whether it's in infrastructure and who gets those contracts and what do they look like um, to 
you know, increasing the number of trees and tree cover that's going to help uh, cool our communities so that we're not experiencing, um, you know, more longer hot days. Um, and so, you know, the Latino community's voice is going to be integral as we think about the solutions and what our communities begin to look like um, as we move towards a more um, climate friendly um, era. Yes, exactly. You recently paid uh, visits to Congress during Green Latinos National Annual Enviro Advocacy Week. What were some of the highlights of the political engagement that took place? Yeah, so um, Green Latinos is so excited. It was our second annual Green Latinos Lead Week. We brought a we brought in like 60 advocates um, from across the country, Latino, Latina mothers, Latino veterans, um, who really care about these issues. And it was exciting to see them go to their member of Congress and say, I care about this issue. My vote cares about this issue and I'm gonna hold you accountable. Um, And so we had folks from Colorado speaking with their Democratic and Republican members of Congress and saying both of both sides need to do better um, to stand up for communities and to seek climate solutions. Um, we saw a lot of engagement from members of Congress online about the meetings that they were having. Um, really happy to be meeting with Latino constituents on these issues because historically, they only hear from mainstream environmental organizations and their advocates are Anglo, they're white. Um, and it, it is important for, for our community to have a voice in Congress um, and to be a part of those solutions and conversations. And so there was a lot of excitement um, about the, the advocates that were here last week. And it's important because it affects our community greatly. I mean, what happened in Puerto Rico you know what's happening in coastal Texas those communities were hit hard yes and I'm so happy that you guys are out there talking um, Puerto Rico recently went to the Capitol Hill to advocate for their island so it's good that we hit them twice <laughs> and let them know this is on our radar and you need to do something about it so which Latino legislators on the hill were the biggest supporters in your in your mind Yes. Which ones stood out and which ones do we need to work on? Okay. Um, So we have some real champions and I want to say thank you for their long lasting support on these issues Um, of Chairman Raul Grijalva of Arizona. Yes. um, Representing Tucson um, of Representative Nidia Velasquez in New York. Really. Um, holding it down. Yes, really holding it down for our Puerto Rican um, brothers and sisters, um, but also understanding that climate change is going to impact our urban communities like those in New York extremely hard, right? We're talking about not just making our islands like Puerto Rico resilient, but how do we make islands like Manhattan? or you know communities like brooklyn or um others the bronx really climate resilient and there are some great leaders there in those areas um big shout out to uh up rose elizabeth Yampierre, who's holding it down 
um, there in New York for the Latino community and other communities of color advocating on, on behalf of climate justice and other work. Which Latinos do we need to work on? Mm-hmm. Or you Who do we need to work on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think everyone uh, could use um, some more support yeah. um, and, and really understanding where these issues lie. Um, I think that it was important for folks to understand that we need to move away from fossil fuels and, you know, in places like Texas, big and oil Florida. and Florida. My God, Florida's um, and know. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there is there is still a lot of connections. Our a lot of our families work in those industries, and I think it's going to take some time and some convincing, as well as a just transition for those families to find new uh, jobs um, to really to really also see that their representatives can stand up for them um, when it comes to the climate crisis and the environment. So. For the families, Latino families um, listening to this podcast, what are some of the basic things they can do in their communities to help the environment and to help the green Latinos? What could you do in your communities? Well, I would say stick to the cultura. Um, you know, it, we make jokes about the mantequilla um, <laughs> recycled bins in your in your fridge, but consume less. Consume less. Um, I would also say, uh, speak out. Um, let it be known that you care about the air that your kids breathe, the water that you drink, um, and what's in your food. The pesticides, as you mentioned, and others continue to be issues that impact our communities. So visiting visiting city hall, visiting make, city making hall, making sure when something is going to be built in your neighborhood that it passed as passed muster with a local environment group or if not ask questions yes because then you have to live next to that factory for the next 50 years and you're gonna have to breathe whatever comes out of that factory so start asking questions mm-hmm. at your city hall yes with your, with your state representative and with the u.s representative yes i would agree um and i would also say uh what they could definitely do is visit um greenlatinos.org mm-hmm. um, we have a take action section where we update um, Latino communities on opportunities for them to speak out on issues impacting our federal policies. So whether that's a public comment period or upcoming legislation, um, our website is a good place for them to not just learn about the issues, but also take action on the issues. Are there any upcoming events for Green Latinos? So we, we just finished our big events for, for this year during Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, however, every year we do hold a national summit in May. Um, and so Does we, it move around or is it in D.C.? It moves around. Okay, uh, we great. actually visit uh, amazing national parks or state parks, and they are family-friendly. Um, we provide scholarships. Um, so really encourage folks to stay up to date with what we're doing um, via our Twitter at Green Latinos, our Facebook, our Instagram, all at Green Latinos um, to see the events that we have going on. We will be hosting regional convenings and really going out into the community and letting them know and hearing what they have to say about the issues impacting their lives. Thank you, Jessica, for being on the show. Thank you.